0: And I can tell you, as the other speakers have gone before us over the last month or so, sometimes joy is very hard to come by. It's not an easy thing. Really not. So today we sing joy, 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 joy. Where do we find joy? I'm going to tell you a story where Linda and I and our family found a little joy recently. And I remember the day Steve Massaro was preaching. We were sitting over there, and we got a text. The babies are due. Not only do they do, they're, they're coming. They're, they're going to be here any second. And I wish to Linda, I don't think Steve would mind if we got up and left. I don't even know if you saw us get up. So we got up, we went home, and we packed. I mean, crazy packing like you've never seen before. And we got in the old Sonata that's got 140,000 miles on it. and We're like, Lord, please get us to Indiana before the babies are born. And let us not break down. So we drive we get to the George Washington Bridge, backed up. No one's ever had that happen before. So it, it reroutes us to another way. So we're driving through Manhattan, true story, and I'm driving with my camera in my hand, like a sightseer. Wow, look at that building. Look at this, like, will you put the camera down? I got great pictures of buildings I've never seen before. So this is the trip. We have to drive all the way to Indiana. We make it there. We actually stayed in a hotel we made it to Indiana, we make it to the hospital, and the boys are born about 45 minutes later. Very, the Lord was very good to us. So when we get there, nothing's really happening. Within about a half hour, things started to happen. Things started to happen really, really rapidly. Really, really rapidly to the point where one of the babies, uh, my grandson and our grandson Isaiah, started to get in a little trouble. And he was in the NICU for about three, three weeks. And when that happens, you just, time just kind of stops, and people are pushing you out, and you see your son's face, and you just start praying to God, and you say, God, please, please help. And he did, and the boys were born. The reason why I tell you that story is my daughter-in-law said one sentence to us. I don't know if anyone else heard it, but I heard it. I heard her say, after the boys were born, and she held them in her hands, she said, how could it be? How could it be? that people don't believe in a God after she looked at those boys, after she looked at the miracle of birth. And I, it's always stuck with me that she said that. Simple little term in, in the midst of joy, of birth. So we're going to talk about birth. We're going to talk about the baby Jesus. And I know I started saying joy's hard to come by, but not with our Lord, not with God. We have the most amazing, joyous God. We just need, I need I don't want to pick on you because I know everyone here is joyful. I need to take away the, the, the crud and the stuff in front of me so I could see the joy. So let's look at Luke 2. If you turn to Luke 2, we're going to, look at, we're going to look at three examples of joy. The joy of the angels, the joy of the shepherds, and the joy of Mary. And we're going to start out in the beginning kind of setting it up. Luke is an amazing writer. Luke writes in such a a great way, clear and concise, and he puts it plainly. But I was talking to my daughter, Tricia, and she was in the kitchen. And she said, you know, sometimes you read scripture and you say, okay. Like, let, let's read the first part, Luke 2. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration that Aquinas was governor of And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Okay, there's a guy named Joseph, there's a lady named Mary, she's pregnant, they had to go be registered. What, I mean, if you just read that and you just looked at it, you'd be like, okay, and as my daughter Trisha's point is, is that unless you actually look at the scripture and ask God to show you what's there, you may not see it and you may miss it. So look at the. Let's look at the amazing joy that's here. Let's look at the joy that's. It, it's in God. So God actually orchestrated this. I don't know if you feel this way, but I feel like sometimes God is not in control. It could be anything, but nothing but the truth. Je- Let me back up. God is in control. He's in control of my life whether I feel like it or not. He is in control of your life whether you feel like it or not. Mary and Joseph, we drove to Indiana. We had a nice car. They had some kind of donkey, I think, and they had to go 80 miles. I can't imagine. I would think they were great people, but I can't imagine Mary and Joseph not at least bickering at each other. A little bickering all the way to Bethlehem. See, Mary's trying to get away from all the people staring at her, saying, she's trying to get away from everybody bickering and gossiping over her. She doesn't want to get on a donkey and go 90 miles. Who would want to do that? But she's gonna go with her husband, who had to go, and he had to be registered. That's a fancy way, not even a fancy way, the uh, Caesar Augustus wants some money. He's going to tax them. They're going to be taxed and they've got to go to their hometown. And Joseph happens to be from the lineage of David in the town of Bethlehem. When you first read that, you're like, okay, big deal. Listen to this. Micah 5.2. But you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, who, who are too little? I love that. You are too little to be among the clans of Judah. From you shall come forth for me one who is ruler of Israel. Not even ruler of Israel, ruler over the whole world, ruler over your soul. Whose coming forth is from old and from ancient days. God has planned this whole thing to happen. Isaiah 7, 14. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall shall conceive and bear a son. And shall call his name Emmanuel, God with us. And as we go through this sermon here, this message, whatever you want to call it, and we talk about joy and we look at the examples, remember, God is with us. We have a living and holy God. We have a living and holy God. Galatians 4 4. But when the fullness of time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. One of my favorite verses is Psalm 103. The Lord establishes his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom rules over all. Everything that happened to Mary and Joseph, everything that happened in Jesus' birth, is in God's control. He was in charge. And I can tell you, we may all say, Lord, you're in control of my life, but I do not like this. What are you doing? How could you get glory over someone passing away in my family? How could you get glory over cancer? How could you get glory over all these things that I am going through? How could you get glory over mental illness? How could you get glory over suicide? How can you get glory over what the world is going through? How is it even possible? Listen to this verse, Hebrews 12, 2. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. God gets all the glory, all the glory for what he he did with the baby Jesus, who was all man and all God. And The story doesn't end there. The story ends right there. The story ends when he dies and he rises again. And you could put faith, you could put your faith in him. That's a gift. So listen to the verse again. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, there is joy in God that he would save you. And there is nobody out of the realm of being saved. Not one person. And I'm kind of going through my sermon now in the first, pretty covering the whole thing. But we're going to look at the shepherds. He comes to shepherds. He also had the wise men come to him. And if you're sitting here this morning, you're thinking, God's angry at me. There's no way I can have salvation. There's no way I can go to heaven. It is not true. You have a joyous God who loves you, who sent his only begotten son, for you for your sins that you could go to heaven and be with him and not only that live in this horrible world and live every day with joy that's what God has done so let's look at some examples look at Luke 2 8 uh, verse 8 to 14 and in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flocks by night and an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born in the in this day, this day, in the city of David a Savior, who is the Christ the Lord, who is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger, and suddenly there with the angel, a multitude, a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those whom he is pleased. You don't get better than this. You don't get, this is a miracle. There are shepherds in the field and there are angels. The joy of the angels, they are glorifying God. They actually are proclaiming the good news. They are sharing the gospel right there with the shepherds not even knowing what's going to happen. One of the things I saw in that passage, I don't know if you see it, it says, fear not. I am a fearful, fearful, fearful person. You just give me any situation and I'll find the fear in it. And I've told you this before, I love to run. Man, I love to run the other way. You give me something that something could go wrong, the other way. I don't want to stand there and have something go wrong. Fear not. A couple of reasons why the angels are fearful. The glory of the Lord is shown around them. Every single one of us, I'm going to ruin my mic now, but every one of us would be like this on our face. There's no way that you wouldn't be on your face. The glory of the Lord shown around them. The other reason is they are sinners sinners. Look, Mary was a sinner. Joseph was a sinner. Anna was a sinner. Simeon was a sinner. Harrigan's a sinner. We're all sinners. We fall short of the glory of God. There's no way you're not flat on your face. Fear not. Over 300 times, fear not in the Bible. Over 800 the word is used in the Bible. There's a reason for it. You can't go near God. You can't have anything to do with God at all unless he allows it. And he says, fear not. But because they're sinners, that's one of the main reasons. But isn't it great? Isn't it joyful that your God would come to you and that he would come to me? That's great joy. I could just forget about all my, my notes here. We could end the sermon, and I can go home. You can go home. One of the other things, yesterday, my wife, in her wisdom, said, you know, when we, when we uh, clean the clothes, uh, the clothes are not really getting dry. I'm like, oh, that's all right. Who needs dry clothes? You don't need dry clothes. That's actually what I was thinking. <laughs> I, I could walk around with wet clothes. Why not? You can walk around with wet clothes. Um, and I'm like, I know what this means. It means i got to do something. I don't want to do anything. I don't want to fix something. I don't. So Linda went out with Emma, and I said, alright, I'll get the ladder out. You don't understand. Me and ladders, but don't, don't even. I, so I'm outside thinking the neighbors are laughing, because I have this wooden ladder up against the house, and it's going like this, and I'm like this. So, the dryer's not drying. Our vent hose is two stories up and it's out the side of the house. So I happen to notice looking up that there's sticks sticking out of the vent hose. I'm like, okay, a couple of sticks. So I get up there, I'm, I'm on the ladder. I'm on the ladder. Doing this with a hanger. And I then I pull like this and a bird's nest like this big with eggs and everything all over my face. I'm like, I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die. I'm like I'm going to get some kind of bird flu now. Like, that's what I'm thinking on top of the ladder. This thing comes out. It's this big, and it's got all little eggs in it and everything, which, unfortunately, they didn't make it. So I tell you that story because fear gets in the way of joy, just like that bird's nest stuck in the wrong place. Fear in itself isn't all that bad. It's good to have fear in some senses. But that bird's nest in the middle of that vent hose, two stories up, thinking it was in a safe place where all that hot air was coming out, they just cooked. And your joy is going to be cooked if you you let fear get in the way. It's just going to ruin your joy. So how do you do that? How do you get rid of your joy? Simple as saying, Lord, I am fearful. I'm scared. I'm frightened. And I need you to help me. Simple as that. Go into scripture and reading all the verses that have to do with fear. Listen to Isaiah 12 2. Behold, God is my salvation. Isaiah 12 2. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and I will not be afraid. Let me read that again Isaiah 12 2. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and will not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength. For the Lord God is my strength and my song. And he has become my salvation. You walk with that verse every day and you will have joy. You will have great joy. The Lord God is my strength and has become my, My salvation. The good news of great joy, they say, and I already said this, they are preaching the gospel, literally meaning they're preaching the gospel to the shepherds. Luke 15, 10. I already told you God is joyful. Listen to this verse. So, just so, Luke 15, 10. Just so, I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. God is joyful about your soul being saved by faith in his son. He is so joyful. A savior. And I've said this already. Every person staring at me right now and who will be listening to me needs a savior. I need a savior. We all need a savior. And he was Christ the Lord. And I love this. They said, this will be a sign for you. He te- they te- the angels tell the shepherds, this will be a sign for you. And I thought immediately of Emma with the scavenger hunt. She does at it Awana. It's like, okay, here's the stuff. You guys run around the church. Yes, we have the kids run around the church. Run around the church and you find this stuff. And they get so excited. And they said, you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, laying in a manger. If the angels didn't tell that to the shepherds, they never, ever would have found him. Never. Who's looking for a savior? Who's a baby? Who's laying in a manger, which was really a feeding trough? It's disgusting. And back then, it would have been a cave, and it would have been bricks, and the baby would have been laying in there where the animals would have been feeding. And I'm sure they cleaned it, but still... John 1:14. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. See, God needed to send baby Jesus. See, God is spirit. And we needed a Savior. We needed a blood sacrifice. So how is God, who is spirit, going to do that? So he sends his only son to become man but is all God and sinless. And that's how God does it. That is great joy. They say, glory to God. The angels stand there and say, glory to God. And this is what I need to do every day. But that's one of the main points. Salvation is for God's glory. It's for God's glory, salvation, and everything that he's done. And we get to have peace like David preached last week. And we get to have that peace and joy. So God gets all the glory. And we get, and we get peace and love and grace and mercy. So let's read the last part. Luke two fifteen to 20. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. See, the shepherds were really lowly, unclean people considered in that society. See, the shepherds, but I didn't know this, but I learned that most likely the shepherds were taking care of sheep and lambs that were going to be used for sacrifice to atone for the sins of the people. So they thought. The shepherds are like the last people you would ever, they weren't trusted. People didn't like them. They couldn't go to the temple because they were out in the fields. So I thought of this too, and I, I alluded to this in the beginning of the sermon, but see, it's almost like the angels come and they go to the nicest restaurant you could find. Filet mignon, lobster, And there's the owner. I mean, the owner's like in a three-piece suit, and he's standing there. He just looks amazing. And the angels come into the restaurant, and they should stop at the owner. Glory to God in the highest, and yet they don't. They go right past him, right into the restaurant where all the people are eating. And they go right past there. And they go into the kitchen where the chef is. And they look at each other, and they go right to the back. And there's a sink with dishes and pots and crud. And there's a dishwasher there scrubbing away. And the angels just burst out. Glory to God in the highest. And I relate to that because I used to be a dishwasher. I used to stand and scrubbing those pots. Couldn't get anything off those things. Threw a couple away. The angels come to the shepherds doesn't make any sense. But like I said, they also come. They also, God's message is for the rich, the wise men. So it's for everybody. But I love the way they come and they go to the shepherds. And they say, the shepherds say, let us go to Bethlehem. If you hear the good news of the gospel and someone gives you that news, you need to obey. And everyone staring at me right now who has salvation, you listened and you obeyed and you trusted in God. And that's what the shepherds do. And they go right away. You have to understand this had to be not an easy thing. I think they left their their sheep out in the field. Unless they brought like 300 sheep with them right into Bethlehem, I have no idea. But it could not either way. Either they leave everything there and they run and they go see the baby Jesus or they bring everything with them. This is not an easy thing. And it reminds me of how easy the gospel is, how simple the gospel is, and how hard it is for people to actually find it and accept it. But the, but the shepherds do it, and they find Mary and Joseph and the baby. I love this. So the, the, the angels come to the shepherds, and the shepherds hear, they obey, And they go and they find, and they find it exactly the way they were told it. God will not lie to you. God does not lie to me. And just as he said in Micah, it came true. Just as you read your Bible, it will come true. God will not lie. They go back, and in the message, if you read that version, it says, they let loose. If I had any dancing moves in me, I would show you. And I would let loose. Because they let loose. They went back and they let loose. And they, it, it was like now they were the angels. They went back to their work. They didn't go somewhere else. And if God calls you somewhere else, go. But God is calling each of us to go back to our homes, back to our works, back to our employment, and share the joy and let loose if you can do that. I may not be able to do that in the bank. But I could do it, and I'll share with you later, I can do it in some ways. God is asking broken people, and trust me, you're all broken, and so am I, who have been made whole by believing in the joyful news of the gospel to joyfully share with others and see him do miracles. It is a miracle that I am standing here with you today. It is a miracle that I'm preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ to you today. I know that from my toes to the top of my bald head. It is a miracle. It is. And your salvation is no different. That has to be joy. Has to be. The joy of Mary. Now, this is sweet. This is the last part. This is really, really sweet. One sentence, I think, says she treasured up all these things in her heart. It's simple, it's short, and it's so profound. Her faith is so strong. It's like if Steve, sorry to pick on you all day, but if you stood up and I tried to go over to Steve Massaro and wrestle him to the ground, it's not happening. I'm not getting Steve to the ground. You're not moving Mary's faith. You're not moving it. You're not. She was treasuring all the angels said, all they said about God's glory, everything the shepherds said, that Jesus would be the Savior of the world. Now, do you know that song, Mary, Do You Know? Now, I'm not, I was going to take my phone out and try to get online and look it up, but I'm not going to do that because <laughs> it's not going to work. Um, Mary, do you know? And Linda and I talked about this. Yes, she knew. Mary knew deep within her heart. Do you know and do I know that Jesus is the Savior of the world? We uh, did wanna this week, and um, it's so cool. I just love kids. And I'm glad that God has allowed me to stay a child and to understand what it's like to be a kid. Because I, I feel like a kid all the time, but it's neat when you, when you have kids and you read the gospel story to them. So we read Luke 2 to the kids in Awana. And we read it to them, and then, you know, we got to the part uh, where Jesus came as a Savior. So I don't remember exactly what I said, but I think I said something like, if you don't believe in Jesus, you're going to hell. You're going to hell. It kind of strong for like say, six-year-old kid sitting in front of me, but I did it anyway. And um, I said, you're going to hell. If you believe in Jesus, you're going to heaven. She didn't miss a beat. With amazing joy, she said, I believe in Jesus. I'm going to heaven. Come on. I'm like, that is joy. A little six-year-old girl knows that she has Jesus in her heart, and she could live her life here in Christ and then go to heaven. Do you know that? That was so cool. That was awesome. In conclusion, I'll share with you some examples. I sit in a bank. It's really an interesting spot. I always say, God, why? Why? Why do you have me here? I don't belong here. That's such a lie. That is such a lie. And if you feel that way at work, it's a lie. Because I am there as his child, with salvation, him, the Holy Spirit in me. I need to be there. And as I sit at my desk, and I, you know, I, I can go on for 150 examples, but just a few of the examples that come across my desk. Uh, a, a young woman whose husband was just diagnosed with late-stage throat cancer. She has two little kids. One woman sat two deaths over, and she was... She shared, and people knew that she was an alcoholic, and she was dying of liver cancer, and she was sitting on her side. She couldn't sit straight at all. Two weeks later, she was gone. We have people sit at my desk, and they sit. One sits here, one sits there, and they hate each other because in the middle of this, what they think is a treasure. What they think is a treasure. that The Bible says it just will go away one day, and they hate each other. I see all these things. And one last example that I'll give you that really was very difficult was, and you may have seen it in the paper, you may have heard about it, but a couple of weeks ago in one of the school districts, um, a young girl's mother committed suicide. She just took, took her life. And one of the reasons why I'll even share that with you is because my uh, employee who was sitting next to me knew them. And she sat there and she was like, You know, I I don't understand. And you could see she was really struggling with it. So as she struggled with it, she said, but I did go to the mass. And I did listen to the priest. And the priest said, let us all pray. Let us all pray for her soul. And as she's saying that, and I'm listening to her, and she kind of just looked at me. And I will tell you, it was like the clock stopped on the wall. Time stopped. The phone didn't ring. No one came to my desk. And we just were looking at each other. And I said, I could never tell you if someone's soul is going to heaven or hell. I don't have that ability, but I could tell you how you could know you can go to heaven and you can have faith with Jesus. And I simply just told her what we tell everyone who asks us, that God loves her, that she's a sinner, and that Jesus died for her and he rose again on the third day for her. And if she would accept that, (laughs) I tell you, all of a sudden the phone rang people started moving and it was this weirdest thing. I didn't do anything miraculous. I don't even know if she heard me. I pray she did. But that's what God is asking us to do. When when God gives us those opportunities that we would joyfully tell them simply the gospel message and then pray for them that they would accept it. So as we go into this holiday season, I would just say to you, when we have company over for the holidays, I get really weird. Like, I had told Linda, we gotta clean all the rugs. We gotta clean all the rugs. The rugs gotta be clean. She's like, Mark, if you clean the rugs, we will have the worst Christmas and Thanksgiving ever. I'm like, why? She goes, you'll be behind them cleaning up and scrubbing the floor and saying, you, you spilled on the floor. She's right. I vacuumed but I didn't, I, didn't clean, I didn't have someone come in and clean the rugs, And it was the best Thanksgiving ever because every time someone spilled on the rug, <laughs> I was like, good job. Thank you, Linda. You're going to have people over your house. It's Christmas time. You're going to have company. You're a sinner. They're a sinner. You're going to have <laughs> conflict. Maybe you won't. Maybe you guys are perfect and it's going to be like the best Christmas ever and everyone's going to love and hug hug each other. I don't know. But what I'm saying is, if we would take what the angels said, if we'll take what the shepherds did and what Mary did, believing and treasuring, and I'm going to try to do this as well, and I know I'm going to fail, but I'm going to try. I would leave that with you, that this Christmas time must be as joyful as we can sharing the good news of the gospel with the people that God has put in front of us. Heavenly Father, I neglected to pray in the beginning. I'm sorry about that, but I know you are forgiving God and you love love us, so I'm going to pray now. I'm going to pray that you would help each and every one of us to be joyful in Jesus Christ to live through the Holy Spirit, to spread the joy just like the angels did, just like the shepherds did, and just like Mary did. Help us, O Lord, this day in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen.